Hello and welcome to Getting Started as an Audiobook Narrator, Part 3. Or Chapter 3. I was going to do chapters, but I seem to be talking in episodes. Whatever. This is the third one. Today, we are focusing on the narration. There are two parts of an audiobook. There is the narration and the dialogue. You could say there's a third bit with, like, system prompts and letters but that's getting into the weeds. What you have to focus on is two main parts, your narration and your dialogue. I was considering this week doing voices, but I have also said previously that you don't have to do voices. What is more important than whether you can do voices or not is how well you can tell a story, how engaging you are and how well you can draw people into that story. The majority of a book is going to be the narration, and sprinkled throughout it, there will be some dialogue. There are books that are not like that, some exceptions to the rule, and actually we're going to show one of those today. But, in general, narration with some dialogue sprinkled in. What is important about making an audiobook? I was having a think about this. What is your job as a narrator? Some people say, other narrators say, that the most important thing and your job is to do the book justice and read it as the author intended. I say your job is to draw the listener into the story. Actually, pretty much those two things are the same. The way to draw the listener into the story, to make it believable and easy listening, is to read in synergy with the way the author has written. And there are lots of different styles that an author can use to write a book. We're going to look at a couple of these today, the main differences, and what you do to change how you read the book, and how that will affect how people absorb the book. An important point to make here is a thing that you must do as a narrator, which is tempting not to bother with. I didn't do it for my first book and paid the price. That is, read the whole thing, in your head or out loud, before you narrate it. There are several reasons for this, one of them being you need to know what's in the book so that you know if you are happy to narrate it, but also so that you're not taken by surprise by a character voice or a plot twist and realise you have to go back and redo some. But also you get a feel for the style of the book, the style of the writing, the genre within the genre. Is it a comedy? Is it dark? Is it epic? And only by reading it do you really get an idea of that. But to be more bland, to have a more umbrella term, we're going to look at the types of writing that people can do. And there are two main writing styles, that being first person and third person. Personally, I much prefer first person audiobooks. And I think the reason for that fits in with what I'm about to explain later about narrating. I think first-person audiobooks work better because you kind of feel like the narrator is telling you the story. They are just sat telling you what happened to them. And I love that. I find that very engaging and very drawing in. Third-person can be split up into... Well, actually, first and third-person can be split up into different sections in themselves. But third-person is where the narrator is a disembodied voice overlooking the scene, and they have a varying amount of knowledge of each of the characters that's going on. So, first-person can itself be broken into two, that being first-person present tense and first-person past tense. The majority of people will write a story in first-person past tense, if they're going to write in first person. That being, I did this, and went to that place, 
and found this thing. I had this experience in the past and am telling you about it now. So you can imagine as the narrator, you're sat at a table in a bar or at a coffee shop or a bookshop or in your recording booth and you, the narrator, who has read this book already, is telling the audience this thing that happened to you. That is the feeling you want to get across. We have an example here of a fantastic rendition and a fantastic example of that style of I did this and I did that, the first person past tense. So let's have a listen to that right now. This is uh, We Are Legion, the Bobbyverse series, and is read by Ray Porter. He grinned at me, happy to go along with the routine as long as me and my wallet continued to pay attention. Mr. Johansson, it's Bob. Please, you're not talking to my father. The cryo sales rep, the name tag identified him as Kevin, nodded and gestured toward the big placard, which displayed the cryonics process in ghoulish detail. I took a moment to note his Armani suit and hundred-dollar haircut. It appeared there was money in cryonics. There we go. What is fantastic about this narration by Ray Porter here is that it sounds conversational. He really sounds like he's sat in a box talking to you about his experience of talking to a sales rep. The intonation that he uses, the up and down pitch of the words, the pauses, all sound like a normal conversation, that he is sat there telling you the things that happened and then also sprinkling in the dialogue to demonstrate exactly what it is that happened. When you're reading said book, you need to make sure that you are synced up with this. So if you are reading in the first person, it is as if you are that person telling the listener that story, especially if it is the present tense. If it is the present tense, then you are not only telling the person the story that happened to you before, you are telling them the story as it is happening. Your enunciation, your enthusiasm, your surprise should really come across in the first person present tense because it's happened to you right in that moment. I walk into the cavern and look at the chest before me. I open the lid and see right there a pile of gold the likes of which I'd never seen before. If you were reading that less excitedly, you'd say, I walk into the cavern and see a chest before me. I open the lid and see a pile of gold the likes of which I'd never seen before. No one would tell the story like that if they were actually in the moment. They would have all of the emotion and excitement happening there in the moment. And if it's past tense, first person, you still have that excitement because you're reliving it as the storyteller. You're telling the person who's listening, the listener, this amazing story that happened to you. When it's sad, you're sad. When it's happy, you're happy. I think that's enough on first person. Third person can also be broken down into three separate parts, that being third person omniscient, third person part omniscient, and third person single character. These are names that I have given it. Third person is when you have the narrator who isn't a particular character in the story and can see things that the other people in the story can't. So third person is where the narrator is telling the story, but they're like a fly on the wall. They can see things that the other characters can't, um, but they're not inside any particular character's psyche. An omniscient third-person narrator knows everything that's happening. They know what each character is feeling, how they're reacting, what they see, and the environment around them. 
Now, I'm not actually a fan of this kind of story, personally, because it doesn't feel very personal. It doesn't feel like you're really getting into any character and involving yourself and being immersed. You are just experiencing a room and what's happening in it. You can then move to third-person part omniscient, that being that you're kind of focusing on a particular character, but also you have an idea of what the other characters are feeling, and you're not solely looking at the main protagonist and what they can feel and think. And finally, you have third-person single character, which is a name I came up with, where you do have third-person, so the narrator is still a fly on the wall, but the narrator only knows what's going on in the protagonist's mind. They can only see what the protagonist is seeing, and they can only know the information that the main protagonist knows. I think this is the best kind of third person, but that is a personal choice. With each of these three styles of third person narration, you need to change how you are narrating the book. If you have an omniscient third person narrator, they are physically further away from the characters. Your narration needs to be emotionally further away from the characters. Generally, when you have an omniscient uh, narrator, they don't put quite so much emotion into the way that they're writing. You don't know so much of the inner workings of a character. You don't get their inner thoughts and turmoils, so you narrate it a bit more straight. If you're down in the third-person single character, you're almost narrating it like first-person, where your narration follows the emotion of the story. This is an important point. The narrator itself is a character. You need to think of the narrator as its own dialogue character, especially if you're in the first-person or the third-person single character. If in the story the character sighs and sits down, you don't have to wait for the dialogue to put that emphasis into the words. You can say, Jody walked over to the table, sighed, and sat in the chair. See, that was a third-person narration, but you put in the acting and the character of the scene into the narration, and that will really draw in listeners because they just get immersed so much more in what's happening. Act out the narration. I find all this produces a bit of a difficulty in what I find is the most useful tool to really making a story engaging, that being visualising what's happening all the time in the story. But the difficulty this produces is that you're constantly having to jump between people. One moment, you're sat as the narrator, telling the listener a story, filling in all of the exciting moments, acting as if you are telling them that story and you are as excited and enthusiastic about what you're saying. And then you have to jump into the character's situation, where they're now in the story, talking to the guy who's high up in the tree. And then you have to jump to be the guy in the tree, looking down at the man standing on the floor. What a silly dude he is. Why isn't he in the tree with you? But if you can visualise all of those different things and jump yourself between each of these stages and places, then you really will be leaning into the story and giving the listener the most immersive type of reading that you can do. So, we had a quick listen to We Are Legion, the Bobbyverse books, so we're now going to have a listen to two books that are narrated by the same narrator. One is a third-person story, and the other is a first-person story. And so you'll be able to see the difference that this same narrator will give when the style of the story has changed. 
The first one is part of the Black Fleet trilogy, and the second one is part of the Undying Mercenaries series. There's like 13 books now, but both are narrated by Mark Boyette, who I love. So the first one is third person, so have a listen to that. The press pit was packed with jostling, shouting, and generally inconsiderate correspondence from every major news outlet on the planet. On such a momentous occasion, Stephen would have thought the Tsuyo Corporation would have sprung for a bigger, more luxurious area for the world's press. Even with their wealth and considerable influence over most governments, they could use some good publicity given the astronomical losses they'd taken in the recovery effort. So, that is read a little bit more like a a news presenter telling you these are the things that happened. And now let's listen listen to Mark, my mate Mark, uh, reading in the first person. We all live on balls of dirt, essentially. Rocky planets that form around relatively stable stars in a tight orbital band, a zone where liquid water can form on the surface. That's what we all have in common, all the beings living on one island in the sky or another. Once you've visited enough new worlds and gotten to know a few of them, it seems like one man's alien is another man's local inhabitant. So I don't know if you can hear, but in the first person, he puts in more colloquial accents. It's not a colloquial word, but his timber is very different. He goes up and down a lot more. His pauses are in different places. It doesn't sound like he's a news presenter telling you what happened. He sounds like just a guy telling you, these are my thoughts. Now, we'll listen to a very distinct third-person narration that sounds very much like I'm just going to explain to you what's happening, and it doesn't sound anything like I am trying to be a character in this story. R.C. Bray is arguably the most famous narrator and currently the most popular. I find his narrations to be very distant from the story. They're very clear, they're very enjoyable, but they're not very personal. So let's have a listen to that. The call continued at all times. It was a constant flow of information, the amount that needed to be said far exceeding the method by which they could now speak. Birgit's home had been stabilized since it was lost. Its long, lazy rotation was now around an axis whose north pole was perennially pointed at its origin, at Earth, the place they had once been tethered to. Terminus was a vast amalgamation of structures that had once housed more than 80 engineers, scientists, and astronauts. Now it was home to only two. So, there's actually something quite emotional going on in that section there. There's this space station. It's drifted away from Earth. It used to have lots of scientists on it, but now there's only two. If this was a first-person narration, or even a close, single-character third-person narration you would feel in it the trauma of this. However, this is a more distant third person. There are lots of characters in this book, and as the series goes on, especially this is the third one in the series, it doesn't really focus on one character. You're following lots of different ones in different places. As a result, the writing and the narration is far more detached. It's just informing you of what's occurring, and you're listening to it, but you're not getting emotionally as caught up in it. You need to link your style with the way the book is written. And if you can do that, you will be able to draw people in far more successfully than if you try and read a third-person omniscient narrator really emotionally or a first-person present tense really blandly. You've got to work out what it is the author's trying to do and add your character, the narrator, to the story. 
I think that about sums it up. That's all I have to say about that. Thank you everyone for listening to my TED Talk. (laughs) Do you have any questions that are related to or unrelated to what I've just said? Second person. I thought about googling this. Second person. So, I tell you what, I have narrated a book, which is one of my favourite books that I've ever narrated, but it's not a big seller. I've mentioned this before, let me, let me find it. It's called Of Humans and Empires. This is one of my favourite narrations because it is a guy sat in a bar telling someone a story, and the whole thing is dialogue. There's no narration in it. It's not like, and then I did this, or and then he did this. He's just talking the whole time. What is second person? Let me Google this. Second person point of view uses the pronoun you to address the reader. This narrative voice implies that the reader is either the protagonist or a character in the story, and the events are happening to them. So, Of Humans and Empires is a second person story. Yes, is the answer to that. Kind of. So, the guy at the bar... You never hear the person he's talking to. You kind of assume it's you sat at the bar listening to him tell you. You can listen to the sample of that if you like. All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. The mate, well, she worries. You know, friend, I'm getting pretty tired. And more than a little drunk. Something the mate won't be too happy about, seeing as I just told her I wasn't drinking. What you say we cut this short tonight, eh? Oh. You're meeting someone else soon. All right, I can stay with you. It's just, well, all the other patrons are gone. The bartender's still here, sure, but it's real late. Pay me? Oh, you don't need to. You're sure? All right, I'll finish my story. But no more drinking. I need to be able to finish, huh? I'll tell the mate I work late. (laughs) And it'll actually be true this time. All right, friend. Where was I? Right. The Stinson Collective was on their way to Earth. Full bore. No stopping them. There we go. So the main thing that differentiates this, from what I can tell, the second person is the use of the word you. So in first person, you only ever really say I. I did this and I did that. Whereas in the second person, you are attributing things to the listener. You say, you know about that, right? You know that time I told you the thing? And then you, you responded with the, yeah, well, okay, something similar happened, and I, I did this about it. The tone of the book could be, exactly, so it would depend. So you could have a book that is very sensible, like almost someone's giving you a warning. I... I'm talking to you now to warn you about this thing that will happen in your future. I thought the best way to tell you would be to explain how we got to this point. That could be a very somber tone. Or you could have someone who's excited, like, Ah, you're here! Great! I've got this story to tell you. You won't believe what happened to me today. Really, it's it's just incredible. And then that would be more upbeat. Any other questions? Eventually, we'll get on to marketing, which will be a great episode. But that's a way down the line. You've got to record the books first. I'm really pleased with the amount of people that have joined the server who are wanting to start out as narrators. My, I, my hope for the tavern is that we end up with a, a decent number of people all sort of helping each other out, producing stuff for the listeners. 
generally having an ongoing amount of entertainment produced so that people want to come back. The way that I have learnt voices is generally there's a character that requires it, and then I do a few chapters struggling to get that voice right, and then by the time I'm on the third chapter I've kind of got it, and then I usually have to go back and re-record the first two that I did. I do wish I could do more American voices, but I think I'll get it as time goes on. I guess with Derelict I got it a little bit down, but when I listen back I'm like, you still sound like an English person putting on an American accent. I'd like to get more solid at the packed cars, a Boston accent. Boston. Park your car in the backyard, something like that. Right, uh, now we're just evolving into me doing really bad American accents. So, I think we're going to end there, and I will tidy this up, make something useful out of it, and then we'll come back in a couple of weeks and do character voices, and then we'll do marketing. Okay, thanks for hanging out, peeps, and I will speak to you soon. Bye!